I think there is most definitely a charge to bring order into a chaotic situation. The fall wreaked havoc over creation. And there was a fallenness, there was a disorder that was introduced. And so we get to be agents of positive change. We get to introduce order where there is chaos. The law of entropy can't win against the gospel and against the kingdom. That's the strategy of Satan and we see it practice, but it cannot advance against the kingdom. And so we get to bring order where there is chaos. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and a special guest. And this world is full of chaos, right? So much so that it's tempting to despair and just let the bad guys have it all. But as Pastor Daniel and his guest, Gabe Moreno, will be talking about, Christians have been given the responsibility and the power to bring some of God's kingdom to this sad, broken-down world. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Gabe Moreno with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Crazy Happy Podcast with me, your host, Daniel Fusco, where we explore what does it mean to follow Jesus, to simply respond to Jesus in this crazy, messy world. What does it look like to walk in unique joy and happiness because of who Jesus is? And how do we pass that around in a world that is increasingly fractured And there's all sorts of issues. So I'm just excited that we get to be here together today. I want to thank all of you who listen or are part of this community. Thank you for those of you who are posting up about it on social media, talking about the things that you're learning, sharing it. Thank you for rating it wherever you like to pick up your podcast. All those things help get the message of this Crazy Happy Podcast out. And it's a great joy. And thank you for finding me on social media as well, sharing your stories. I always love to hear what God is doing in people's lives. And God is always at work. Now, today we have a super special guest for you all. I get the pleasure of working side by side with Gabe Moreno here at Crossroads Community Church. And Gabe is just one of those super unique individuals. The guy can sing. The guy can play an instrument. The guy can lift crazy amounts of weight. He can run a long distance. He, uh, he, you, you name it, this guy can do it. And he is like a, a, a live and in the flesh renaissance man. And I get the pleasure of working with him at Crosses. Gabe is married. He's got a, a great wife. Her name is Brittany. He's got three amazing kids. Gabe Moreno, welcome to the Crazy Happy Podcast. Hey, Pastor Daniel. Good to be here. So excited to be considered a renaissance man. And hey, I love being in a church where I'm admired for being able to sing and lift heavy weights and run far. Still at the same time trying to develop some ministry chops. So, yeah. So let's talk about it a little bit, because like for people who are listening who know you, you know, whether they're a part of the Crossroads family or they watch the Crossroads online, they've heard you teach or they've watched and they see you 
doing all the different things that you do. But everyone who knows you knows that whatever Gabe decides he's going to do, he does it at a, at a very high level. So talk a little bit about like, how'd you become this guy who can sing, who can write music, who can run a marathon, who, you know, who, who can deadlift like 700 pounds and be like a nice person who loves Jesus and loves his wife. Like, so, like how does this happen? Oh, man. Well, if you are all Italian from New Jersey, then I am all Mexican from Mexico. And I think like the driving force, the driving force for me has always been that kind of immigrant work ethic. I am a first generation Mexican-American. I was born in the U.S., but both of my parents are from Mexico originally. And I've just grown up in that hustle culture. I think that might be a little rare for my age group. I squeeze into that millennial just barely. Like you have to grease my shoulders to pop me into that category. Uh, and I can like barely make it. Do they call so you I, like geriatric millennial. Is that the title that they're using now? I'll take it. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're on meds. Uh, the best kind of medications, the Holy spirit. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's what I've always grown up seeing, you know, even in Mexico, when my parents were together, my dad worked tons of jobs and then coming to the U S my mom, my grandma just come from a long line of hustlers and hustle culture is maybe more of a Gen X thing, but something that as an older geriatric millennial that I've adopted. And similar to your upbringing, you know, I mean, my introduction to ministry was just that come early, stay late, say yes to anything. I'm a glutton for goals. And I think being in ministry, the work is never done on this side of eternity. There will always be ministry. So when you're a recovering Enneagram three, it's like moths to a flame being involved in ministry, especially if you combine those things, hustle culture and a goal addiction. And so, yeah, I'm at the buffet of ministry every day working here at Crossroads and I love it. I love what you're saying. And there's no doubt as someone who works alongside of you, I know that Gabe is going to be there. He's going to be prepared to be there. He knows exactly what he's doing and he is enjoying himself as he's doing all of this stuff. I know we live in a day and age now where this, the younger millennials and the younger generation, they're very much kind of against the hustle and the grind kind of a mindset. So talk a little bit about, because I really believe that God wants us to fulfill the purposes that he has for us. And and that's not always going to come on the other end of a sabbatical or ease or those type of things. But talk a little bit about how you've learned how to not only be someone with a strong work ethic who really enjoys goal setting, goal achieving, but also maintaining just not being completely off the rails energy wise, whether it be building your whole identity on or your your sense of worth on your own personal achievements. Talk a little bit about some of that. Yeah. I mean, I think our true north should always be biblical principles. And so I think without them, clearly Paul, to reference the book of Timothy, saw what the culture does when it's set adrift. He saw that Timothy as a young man needed biblical principles to help guide his work ethic and his relational strategies. How do I relate to older men in my church? And young women, I think left to our own devices, we default to gluttony, we default to being lazy. And I think Paul was like, hey, man, don't neglect that gift. Have men around you who can pour into you. Here's how you're supposed to relate to people. So I think hustle culture, working with a redeemed mindset, I think those are biblical principles. I think that the Holy Spirit has so much to say about how we are. 
and specifically as it relates to the character that we have. And so I think you can't read the Bible without cultivating some sense of healthy hustle. And I think that the New Testament especially has a lot of that. As Paul wrote to Timothy and some of the other early leaders, Titus, you just see that, that there is such thing as a sanctified strength and a holy hustle. I'm not saying that I get it right all the time, but I don't think you can read the scriptures and not land there. I have a buddy of mine who's a pastor in Florida, and he has this mantra that he says that he says, when alone, be not idle, and when idle, be not alone. And, you know, maybe those old, the greatest generation, the boomer generation, that idle hands are the devil's play things. I think there might be some truth to that. It doesn't mean that we're constantly working and overly busy. We all know that busyness is not a sign of fruitfulness. But I do, again, to reiterate that I do believe that there's biblically taught in scripture, a holy hustle that is to be strived for. Well, you know, Gabe, I love that we're talking about this. And this is something that me and you talk about because we're both kind of cut a little bit out of the same cloth. You know what I mean? Like where you said, you know, I'm all Italian from New Jersey. (laughs) You're all Mexican from Mexico. And, and, you know, I was raised, even though my parents were second generation, raised to like, hey, you know, you have to go and do. And I think what we're talking about is what I would say would be a necessary counterbalance to, especially within Christianity today, there is such an an enamoredness with, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's stop hustling. Let's stop working hard. And if it's really overwhelming, you shouldn't be doing it. But then like mm-hmm. our Bible said, like, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher mm-hmm. than I. And we've talked about this. I loved Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. But as a guy who's all Italian coming out of – my family came out of New York. Pete Scazzaro is all Italian from the Bronx, which is New York. You realize that for him to become emotionally – it's like he has a work ethic. He has a way of attacking life in such a way that he realized, hey, there's some – issues here and I'm doing some things from anxiety and deficiency. But even still it, to this day, it's like Pete's still writing a ton of books. He's leading a great ministry. He's got all these things going on. So I get a little nervous sometimes in the way that people talk about emotional health where really it's like, I just don't want to be under any situations that there are stress or pressure. And what mm-hmm. you're saying is that you can't read the Bible without saying that when God has a purpose for your life, we need people in our corners to help point us to, mm-hmm. hey, you got to go get at that thing. Is that, that's yeah, that definitely. Definitely. I think that the healthy mentors in our lives are going to point us in that direction from the beginning, from the Genesis account with Adam and given that mandate to caretake the world. Yeah, I think there is most definitely a charge to bring order into a chaotic situation. The fall wreaked havoc over creation. And there was a fallenness, there was a disorder that was introduced. And so we get to be agents of positive change. We get to introduce order where there is chaos. The law of entropy can't win against the gospel and against the kingdom. That's a strategy of Satan. And we see it practice, but it cannot advance against the kingdom. And so we get to bring order where there is chaos. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. We can work for wrong motivations and with wrong motivations and for a wrong end in mind. But I think, again, if it's a sanctified strength, if it's a holy hustle, it's always going to come with a reconciliatory motivation and thrust. We've been given, the Bible says, the ministry of reconciliation. And I believe that we can introduce reconciliation through work in the way that we get at things. Yeah, I love that. And and just that idea that God has also redeeming work. If you think about like when God created Adam and Eve, 
the first thing he gave Adam was he gave him the gift of work, tend to the garden. One of the first things that got cursed was, yeah, you, your work's going to be lousy. Like, it's like, there's going to be sweat in your brows and it's going to have thorns and thistles and it's going to be just a pain. But that idea of having a uh, redeemed work. Now talk about this because for people who know you, they know this about you. We like to joke that everybody loves Pastor Gabe. You know, because, <laughs> like, you're a great lover of people. I've seen you in so many different situations, whether it's in a group full of pastors, whether it was in the congregation, whether you're with bodybuilders, you're with businessmen. In every situation, you find this sweet spot of being able to relate to people in a way that they, not only do they Mm. understand, but they really enjoy. So Mm. talk a little bit about what you understand God's heart for people to be and kind of how you try and navigate because you swim in lots of circles like how do you navigate all these different things to be to really connect with people yeah and that is at the heart of what we all want i think we all want human connection that's why we do what we do that's at the end of the day we all want that connection we want connection with the father connection with one another if i were to give away the cheat code pastor daniel it honestly is a a, a cheat code buddy here's the cheat code right we're gonna unlock it right here so everyone get your notes out uh i got saved in college i was going to the university of arizona and i got invited to a bible study and i heard the gospel and was immediately just captured but i remember going to young adults group and at the time, you know, in my 20s, I got my long hair, I got my gauges, I'm in a couple of bands. And I tried so hard to be like that really mysterious guy, not so much tall, but definitely dark and handsome. And uh, <laughs> just kidding. This is why we call you a waffle. But uh, yeah, so not so much tall, but dark and handsome. And I remember trying to be the cool guy in the back of the sanctuary. And I remember the youth pastor, the director at the time, the young adults director just came to me and he ended up doing the pre-marriage counseling with my wife and I uh, years later. But he just said, hey, bro, can I challenge you? Can you try to be a little more interested instead of interesting? And that for me was the cheat code. It was a dare. It was a challenge. I've heard it even said interested now is interesting later. And I think too many of us just don't take time to connect by way of being interested in others. My mother-in-law, who just completed her final radiation, she had some throat cancer and she's making it. But one of the things I've always observed about her is she always makes her kids feel, kids and grandkids, that they're the only person in the world. Like they have her full attention and she kneels down and she looks at them in the eyes and she listens to what they're saying. And honestly, that's the only strategy I've ever adopted and put into practices. I just try to be more interested than interesting. And it's been working so far. Yeah. And, and what's really awesome is that you're interested, but it makes you like the most interesting person in the world. <laughs> you know. So I guess you said interested now is interesting later. later. That's right. Now, now talk a little bit because... People have a perception of Christians as like, yeah, they do well in church and they don't really function well everywhere else. Ooh. You know, and one of the things that I've always appreciated about who you are and how God has made you is that in all these different circles that you're in, you do well there. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about that because it's not that you are a chameleon. You have an incredible comfortability 
in all sorts of varied circumstances. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, there's some favor there from the Lord. I think of Joseph and not comparing myself to the illustrious, you know, influential Joseph. But yeah, I mean, there is favor. There is relational favor that God gives. Uh, and I think that's based on integrity. I think it's based on character. I think the Lord will give you uh, what he feels you can use to bring him glory, not yourself glory. And so I've been very blessed, very fortunate. I would say, Pastor Daniel, that there could be a dark side. I even think that the listener now might even be detecting that oftentimes that strategy of being interested in order to be interesting, sometimes that switch doesn't turn on and off. And I defer a lot. That's an area that's kind of the shadow side of that ability where you merge uh, maybe a little bit of a chameleon thing. Um, and so that yeah, you, you defer, people don't get the real you that, that can happen. That's something that I try to monitor and be aware of, but I like to think of the influence that God gives us. It's for his kingdom's cause. Any favor that I have in my life is to make Christ known. He says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. So the goal to lead a crazy, happy life or to be crazy influential is to desire to give God glory. I'm not saying I'm perfect in that by any means, but the desire there is I I want to put a smile on someone's face and reflection in their heart. I don't necessarily want to change a mind. I want to hear a perspective because I believe the Holy Spirit works 24-7. Unlike me, I take rest, I break. I I just got to hear where someone's coming from. The Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction and conversion And I think if I were to name drop someone, Pastor Daniel, you had Carl Medeiros out years ago. I think it was my first year on here at staff at Crossroads. And you said, bro, I know we don't normally work on Saturdays, but you really need to be at this thing. And so I came and he talked in his book, Speaking of Jesus, I felt really does a great job in really explaining what the facilitator's role is in evangelism. It's facilitating conversation. It's listening. It's not talking with an answer in cue or waiting with an answer in cue. But again, my my heart is to put a smile on someone's face and reflection in their heart and then allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest. So good. Now talk about this because one of the things that I've always long appreciated about you and having worked together now for what, like, has it been five years now? It's been five, been, five years next month or in a couple oh, of weeks. Happy, yeah. happy anniversary, buddy. You know, uh, but one of the things that I've always really appreciated about you is what I would call your consistency. You pretty much always know, like, this is Gabe and Gabe's coming the way Gabe's coming. There's a joyfulness. Mm -hmm. There's an honesty. So talk a little bit about the things that you do to help. Yes. To help you to show up into every day. And, And just so everyone knows who's listening right now, Gabe has a significant ministry and job where he, you know, he's our, we call him our executive pastor of ministries. He has oversight over two thirds of our staff at this point and is leading at such a high level. So talk a little bit about the things that you do to help you kind of show up, to use my language, in that crazy, happy way. You have a big job. There's lots of things going on, but you're always consistently joyful, present. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you do. Yeah. So it's all about doing and being. And a lot of times when I don't know what to do, I always know that God cares about who I'm trying to be. I've been accused in my teaching style that a couple of times that I've gotten the honor to, to share from the Crossroads pulpit that I'm too practical and that I'm too pragmatic. And my teaching approach is just that way. Like, I'm sorry, I just need you to apply what you're hearing today, tomorrow. So I think what helps keep me grounded is asking when I don't know what to do, who is God calling me to be? And I'm sure there's great passages of scripture 
everywhere. I love what you've cited in your book. I think the fruit of the Spirit, I think that's who God wants us to be. When we don't know what to do, we just simply have to ask, who is God calling me to be? And then just turn to that, turn to Galatians, open up the scriptures and pick one of those nine fruits. And that could be who God's calling you to be. So I start there. I think that at the end of the day, God cares more about the being than the doing. The doing matters for sure. But I think the why behind the what is extremely crucial. And for anyone wrestling with indecisiveness, which is something I struggle with all the time, I don't have all the answers. I lack wisdom so often. I like to say high-level leaders make the most mistakes because they make the most decisions. And so so I'd love my batting average to be better as it comes to decision making. I mean, today I probably made uh, several bad decisions, but it's who is God calling me to be in the situation? I mean, if you can't land on any one of the fruit of the spirit, then I definitely think God is always calling us to be humble. And so that's my petition for the listener is the humble route is always the best route. God pours favor on the vessels of integrity and humility is the fastest way to be poured into so good. Now, share this because this is something that we've talked about. So I'm throwing you a softball. No, I know the answer, but I want everyone to hear it. So you're one of those people who I would say, like, you master your morning. You know exactly yes. what you're trying to get done in the morning. So tell everyone a little bit about, like, this is what I do before I leave my house. And this is the way it sets me up for victory. Oh, I love that. The planning of the morning happens the evening before. My email turns off at five. I always end the day. So I'm going to start a couple hours before the morning. I always end the day with an empty inbox. Shout out Carrie Newhoff for a wonderful article on inbox zero. Very practical. So I always end the day with an inbox zero. Step one. Step two is I always think through the next day. I take a glance on what the appointments are. So the morning begins the evening before. The morning comes. I'm usually up at 545, 6 o'clock. I'm in the scriptures. I have my quiet time till about 6.15, 6.30. And then I'm working out downstairs in my gym. My wife and I work out together. I got so blessed that my wife works with an excellent fitness company. And so our garage has a really cool setup. And I'm blessed that my wife and I share hobbies. So it's like that box is checked, like hanging out with my wife. We just hang out every day. So yeah, working out till about 7 7.30, my daughter gets on the bus. When she's on the bus, there's a 45-minute break between the next kid getting up and getting ready. So I have 45 minutes to get to my email inbox right there. I'm all sweaty and gross and chalk is everywhere. And I open up my inbox and I give myself 45 minutes to go through it. Because I ended the day with an inbox zero, there's really not a whole lot there. So now I can get ready. I'm usually in the car by 8.30, head into the office by 9.00. And when I land on the Crossroads campus, I don't need to open my inbox because I've already tackled it and I know what my tasks are. And then I try not to schedule any meetings before noon, but I'm off to the races accomplishing my task lists. And then all major meetings, team coordinations usually happen 11 a.m. ish till about 3 p.m. ish. And then it it resets and I meal plan. (laughs) Oh, talk about that. Yeah, meal planning. Yeah, so Sunday's Bun Day. <laughs> so every day has a theme. This is sick. I'm getting embarrassed before I talk about it. So Sunday's Bun Day, which means we always grill on Sunday. And so that covers my lunch for the next day. I thought um, you meant sticky buns. Oh, I, <laughs> I wish. I wish I could eat sticky buns. Not, not when you're 40, bro. Not when you're 40. Uh so yeah, Sunday's Monday. Monday is usually some kind of a pasta dish, like a gluten-free pasta. I like the bonza pasta is really, really good. The pea pasta. Yeah, every day has a theme. Tuesday is usually a busy day. So my wife will on occasion Tuesday order out to make her life easier because she works full time for a really cool company. Wednesday is a church day. So we pack everything, meal prep there. 
And then my daughter cooks on Thursdays. My eldest daughter mm. cooks Thursday. That's her hard thing. So she picks a meal that she can cook. And then usually that feeds into Friday. And then Friday's family night. We go out to eat on Friday. And Saturday I cook. So it, I think planning meals, this is another kind of life hack, PD. PD's uh, for you listeners, Pastor Daniel's little code nickname uh, for the listener. But uh, I always make a promise to myself and to my kids that I will eat at least one meal of the day with them. I shoot for two, but at least one, no less than one. And so there's three meals in a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. So I always try to at least one, but I shoot for two, but never less than one. And I think those kind of system and tools based around dinners, because dinner is something you always got to do. So you might as well prep for it and have a theme for it. Jesus is Gabe Marina was a hard-working man, and he evidently loves to work hard for the sake of the gospel. This attitude seems to go against the majority of his peers, and Pastor Daniel wanted to find out what makes Gabe tick. And it seems to come down to his recognition that work for mankind was invented by God and intended to be a blessing. But man messed that up in the fall. But through Christ, work can be redeemed. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. We hope that you've got a different perspective on work through Pastor Daniel's interview with Gabe Marino. Realizing that God intended work to be a blessing sure is a contrast to the world's view that work is God's punishment, yet another lie from the father of lies. Well, next time, Pastor Daniel will finish his interview with Gabe Marino. They'll be talking more about the concept of work as a blessing and how to live that out. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.